Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy Friday. And we're spending it in the garden with Mr. Robert Bowden. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm doing great. How about you? A little warm out there, uh, but uh, it's nice. Yes, it is. It's Florida, and we love it. We deal with it best way we can. <laughs> Have air conditioning, fans, whatever we need. Water. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we can't complain. Right. We chose to live here. That's right. That's right. So how are you doing? I'm doing great, doing wonderful. Great. I've, I've been, um, at the end of this month, I'll have been retired for one full year. Can you imagine that? The time oh, wow, flies. that went by fast. I know, it flies by, and um, I'm having the time of my life. I get to spend a lot of time with my wife for first time in 50 years, and we're enjoying every second of it. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. But, uh, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I'm very fortunate in that um, the uh, the people at Lou Gardens uh, uh, allow me to continue to teach classes there. So um, I teach probably anywhere between six and eight classes a month, and uh, those have been pretty popular. And um, I still teach uh, uh, two or three classes at Valencia. So I'm staying busy. I'm staying busy. Cool. I'm trying to keep that trying to keep that brain clear, you know, by using it a lot yeah. as much as I can. But I find I you know, I'll, I'll be um, I'll be 71 next week and I find that uh you know, if I get up early in the morning and go out in the garden, I can last until about 11:30. And the rest <laughs> of the day um I'm spending time in my office uh, uh on uh, phone calls or um emails or Doing a little bit of writing, so it's okay if you if you admit that uh, you can't stay outside all day here. It's just it's just really hot out there, and you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You know, wear uh, wear comfortable clothes. Make sure you wear a hat that has a good brim on it. You know, people wear baseball caps, and baseball caps don't really help that much. They may keep the glare out of your eyes, but uh, you uh-huh. got to worry about your got to worry about your neck, and you got to worry about your ears with all this sun that we get. So try to find so a hat true. that has a brim on it. Yep. Right. All right. So I have to ask you a question about mowing the lawn, especially this yeah. time of year. Okay. Yeah. Because my my understanding is number one, you shouldn't mow grass wet. Is that correct? That's correct. 
Yep. Okay. So I'm trying to get a, an idea of the best time to mow the lawn because you can't mow it too early because of the dew and everything, and if it rained overnight or whatever, the grass is still damp. But right. Then you have the afternoon and evening thunderstorms coming in. So, but sure. you're also not supposed to be out there in the heat of the day. Yeah. Well, I find that the grass is usually dry by uh, by nine o'clock in the morning, for the most okay. part. So um, once you get out there at nine o'clock, you can just have at it. Yep. And and don't forget, um, you know, when you mow the grass this time of year. Don't be afraid to let it grow a little longer and set your lawnmower height, you know, another uh, three-quarters of an inch to an inch higher than you would ordinarily grow it because, um, you know, the grass is a plant, and it needs to uh, photosynthesize. It needs to bring in that sunlight to manufacture energy so the plant can grow and utilize the water that the rain gives us or the irrigation gives us. So uh, you want to go from, uh, you know, inch and three quarters to two inches to maybe two and a half inches tall uh, and let that plant just get a little bit longer. It's okay. It's not going to hurt anything. And the grass is going to be much, much better and much healthier as a result. Yeah, but don't, you definitely don't want to cut it in when when the grass is wet because then you're going to get clumps. But, you know, you also want to make sure that you leave those clippings behind. You don't collect those clippings. You let those clippings stay on the grass because they will decompose, and that offers uh, nitrogen to the grass, and uh, it's just good for the plant. It's good for the grass. So uh, feel free to uh, leave those clippings, and we definitely – do not want to fertilize this time of year with the fertilizer that has any phosphorus in it. So when you go to the store, you're going to be looking for a fertilizer um, like Sunnyland produces. Sunnyland is a great company right here in Central Florida. They, they have an office, and their their plant is in Sanford, and they make a 15015. That means it has uh, 15 parts nitrogen, which makes the grass grow. That's great. But you don't want to put any phosphorus on. That's the middle number because phosphorus uh, leaches into our groundwater, into our lakes and ponds very easily. And quite frankly, your grass doesn't need it this time of year. So don't, uh, don't put any of that on there. And then the last number is potassium. And that's for good uh, uh, resistance to disease and strong roots. So you go to Lowe's or you go to Ace Hardware and you look for a 15015 and apply that to your grass and all your plants, actually. I buy it and put it on my shrubs and my trees and my fruit trees. I just uh, I just fertilized my fruit trees last week and uh, – uh, it's going to run you about um, $25 a bag, I think, and but you don't need much, and it's a great fertilizer, but you don't want to add phosphorus this time of year because it gets into the groundwater. So it's a good time of the year to do that right now. Go ahead and fertilize your lawn, fertilize your shrubs and your trees, and especially your fruit trees. 
Okay, so I don't think my grass needs a lot of, well, it's a little thin, but also, but the thing is, I don't think because of the rain and because of my schedule and trying to get out there to mow it, it's gotten quite tall. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my lawnmower can't really take it that much, but I'm, I'm trying to work on it as much as I got. I got about a half acre, um, and so I'm trying to work on it as much as possible. But what I wanted to also ask you is, when do you decide whether or not you need a, a riding mower versus a regular mower? What size uh, lawn or, or plot of grass uh, requires a, lawn, a riding mower? I think it depends on a lot of things. You know, number one, it depends on the health of the people that are going to be doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. Now, whether you mow yourself or whether you hire a company, that uh, that depends uh, on on the health of the person that's going to be doing it. Um, I think um, everyone will t- probably tell you that once you get uh, up to about three quarters of an acre, uh, you're looking at a, and you don't need a big one. You don't need a big one. Mm-hmm. You can get a small one. No. But usually about three-quarters of an acre to an acre is when you kind of hit that, that threshold that you're going to need a um, you're going to need a riding lawnmower. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and, you know, the good news is that these riding lawnmowers last a very, very long time. I, um, I just bought a new one after having the same Craftsman uh, lawnmower that I paid – just under, I think at the time it was like $1,500, but that was 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. as long as you, um, you know, keep it with, filled with gas and you change mm-hmm. uh, the gas filter periodically and change the oil at the beginning of a new mowing season, um, those, those uh, machines will last you a very long time. I don't sharpen my blades I, at the beginning of the mowing season, which I consider – you know, uh, April or May, I'll uh, get up underneath there and I'll take the blades off and I'll put brand new ones on. They're only about 25 bucks a piece. And uh, you put new ones on and it's good for you because it cuts the grass a lot quicker and it's a lot better for the plants because they're they're being cut with a nice sharp blade instead of ripping the the grass blades off. They're making a nice sharp cut which is going to reduce uh, uh, pathogen uh, issues down the road. So, yeah, um, I actually bought a John Deere lawnmower, um, mm. and uh, I have, but I have two acres, and I bought the yeah. least expensive John Deere riding lawnmower they have, and I am very, very happy with it. Now, one of my reluctances, because I think my husband has wanted one, but, you know, I mean, I, I do most of it anyway. Uh, but one of my reluctances has been is that we have a yard that kind of slopes, and then at one end of it that's near one of the neighbor's fences, it's just kind of treacherous trying to mow because it, it, it's just kind of a, a deep incline, uh, yeah. a decline. And so one of the things I've considered Instead, you know, I know you can probably get a, a weed trimmer or weed whacker or whatever to maybe do that particular area. But one of the things I've considered was trying to do something like maybe a rock border, uh, a decorative rock border or whatever, and maybe, you know, doing some water features and and lights and, and putting like some garden benches in that area. 
what are your thoughts? Well, um, it depends on your personal taste. Um, okay. You know, as soon as you said incline, um, the first thing I thought of is you definitely don't want to use a riding lawnmower on that. Right. Um, it has to be perfectly flat. Um, the good news is the the new riding lawnmowers, uh, once you get on a certain incline, um, they'll shut off. So that's not a, uh, you don't have to it'll it it it's it, you know they have these safety features, and if you start to fall off because of the incline, uh, the the machine automatically turns off the blades, the engine, everything just turns off and very quickly. So you don't have to worry about that. But, um, you know, any incline, you don't want to go up and down the incline. You want to go sideways. And, you know, if it's not a very large spot, I would uh, I would save your push mower and uh, cut that with the push mower. It's a lot safer and a lot quicker. And then cut the rest of the grass with your riding mower. But it's personal choice if you don't. If you don't want to cut that incline, then you can cover it with um, – you can kill all the grass. And you can plant um, um, ground covers in there. You can plant a liriope maybe or any – you know, you can plant it with um, with ivy. You can plant a, a, a lot of different things as ground covers uh, so you don't have to worry about cutting it anymore. I, I um, really like – planting the ground covers because it adds another texture and color to the gardens. Um, and uh, people don't have to know that you you don't want to cut it. It's just another addition to the garden. So it's personal choice. But uh, I would hold on to that push more. And, uh, you know, it's a guy thing to want to ride in a lawnmower. So, you know, if you can afford it, give in. Give You know, give them a little present and buy that mower for them. But if you have an incline, you probably want to keep that push more. It's only going to take you 10, 15 minutes probably to cut it, and it's going to be a lot safer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still debating. I mean, I'm not on debating on, on whether or not to keep the push mower. And like I said, I end up kind of doing it most of the time anyway. Um, so, and I figured that's my exercise. But the incline, I, I do feel, um, even though I am, like you were saying, go, instead of going um, vertically, going horizontal, that's what I usually do, but it it is um, even treacherous with, with the push mower, so um, I, I'm, um, I'm debating on what you, to do about that. If you buy them the, the lawnmower, the riding mower, uh-huh. chances are uh, he'll want to use it, and you won't have to cut it anymore. Okay. Well, a little, a I, I, I'll think about it. <laughs> I will think about it. I have been thinking about it. I'm thinking, you know, that may that may happen um, when it when, when Santa comes, maybe. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you buy riding lawnmower, chances are he's going to want to ride it, and uh, mm-hmm. then you you'll have to find another hobby. Well, uh, that means I'm going to also have to get a shed, too. Yeah. Someplace to store it. Well. Or you put it under a carport or you put it in the garage, whatever you have room for. Yep. Yeah. yeah. For the longest time, I just put a tarp over mine, and it was fine. Okay. Well, I might do that. I might do that. Yep. Well, we're going to take our first break. We are here with Robert Bowden, former executive director but current uh, teacher at Lou Gardens and at Valencia. 
And if you have questions or comments, you should have sent them to me in advance, like I told you, because uh, <laughs> we're recording this one today. But he'll be back. So, but the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. In the future, if you have questions or comments, but you can also go to the G's Power Hour Facebook page and leave me a message, and I'll make sure that Robert gets it. This is G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. It's Friday in the Garden with Robert Bowden. And so, all right, so I've asked you questions about mowing and the lawnmower, and I really thank you for that because I don't think a lot of people realize that. One other thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of cutting the yard. Now, I've always told my husband, who is not from Florida, is that you have to, when you're put, doing the push mower, kind of allow some clearance. And what I mean by that, I think when people mow the yard, they mow a path the whole width of the lawnmower. And I always tell my husband, you have to make sure that the grass that you're cutting, the row is within the boundaries of the wheel, meaning that because it's, otherwise you're just going to run over it and, and push it down, and it's not going to get cut. But if it's within the boundaries of the wheel, then you cut the grass, and then also you have room for the grass to that gets cut to spew out the side. Correct or wrong or what? You're making it off. You're making it awfully complicated. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Um, it's it's more important when you have a heavy um, riding mower that you overlap mm-hmm. a little bit. But <clears throat> nowadays the um, yeah, you you you're going to cut path of cut grass that is equal to the inside of the of the four wheels. That's how wide your path right. is going to be. So okay. you're going to have to overlap an inch or two uh, to mm-hmm. compensate for that. But it, it's not nearly as important as it used to be because now these uh, these lawnmowers are. Uh, created with a high degree of suction. And I know that sounds weird, but they, the way the blades are um, developed uh, mm-hmm. and the angles they put on the metal, it actually uh, sucks the grass up when the ah. mower goes over it. 
and um, it, it gives a nice, clear um, crew cut. So it isn't as important as it used to be because um, – and the, and the best lawnmower, I remember this. There, was, there used to be, years ago, uh, a snapper riding mm-hmm. lawnmower. Yep. And um, you, had a, you had a little bag on the back that all the stuff would go into. And you could run this snapper riding mower over your lawn, and not only did it cut it, but it vacuumed it. I mean, when you got done, that thing looked like artificial turf. It was so <laughs> wonderful. And snap, they made the best lawnmower in the world for wow. you know small yards. Uh, you could, you could, you know, if you did it slow enough, you could run a, run over uh, leaves in the springtime here, and suck mm-hmm. into those bags. You never had to rake. Uh, it was amazing, but they don't make it anymore. But Snapper yeah, Morris yeah. had the best had the best vacuuming in the world. It was wonderful. But yeah, the blades are designed in such a way they they create this this vacuum and cut the grass tops off. So it's not as important as it used to be. But you got to keep right, those then. blades sharp. Got to keep those okay, blades so sharp. That, That's really that important. That must be that must be what I'm doing wrong then, and maybe it's time for me to sharpen my blades because sometimes. It looks like, you know, when I know I've mowed over a particular path and I'm coming back down the next row, I look <laughs> over, and it looks like I'm given a bad haircut. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. So is that because the no. blade needs to be sharpened, or is it, it – what, what be, is that from? Could be, um, a lot of weeds are, are really tough. Um, it's super easy to grow or to cut – St. Augustine and Zoysia, uh-huh. but grass, man, it, I mean, those, you know, puts on those tall seed pods, you know, the, you uh-huh. know, they're up about 12 to 14 inches tall. And those right. things are like, are like trying to cut wire. They, okay. they, they are really, really tough to cut. And when you, when you cut only Bahia grass, it'll, it'll dull your lawnmower blade faster than anything I know. Uh-huh. So it's not it's not so bad if you have St. Augustine or or Zoysia or any of those uh, centipede, but boy, I'll tell you, if you got Bahia, um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sharpen those blades for sure uh, a couple times during the season because uh, you you know you run over even if you run over it slow, you look back and there's a, there's a there's a, a tall seed pot. I was still standing back there, and I said, "Well, I just ran over. I, you know, I just spent two thousand dollars for a riding lawnmower, and I'm going over it like a half a mile an hour to make sure that I cut it nice and neat, because everybody expects right. that, you know, in my neighborhood. And they're just they're back there standing up, so you have to run over the darn thing twice. So it's a combination so, of 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 the tough grass, tough weeds." And uh, um, maybe you need to sharpen your blades. And you know what? Slow down. You're not That's in any hurry. Ask. You okay. know, you're not you're not racing for a train. Just go ahead. Just take your time. It's easier on your body, and it's going to be better mm-hmm. for your lawnmower and better for your grass. Just slow down and take it easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, slowing down. And also, I guess I need to ask about height. 
uh, you yeah. know, the adjusting. So um, for Bahia, what height should the lawnmower be at? Well, it depends on how um, how particular you are. The wonderful okay. thing about Bahia is that <clears throat> you can let it get pretty high. Now, if you mm-hmm. have requirements in your neighborhood that says you have to keep it a certain height, then you don't have any choice. But I I have uh, two acres, and in, my, in, in the very back, I had a bunch of weeds. So uh, I sprayed everything, and then I put out bahia seed, and I have bahia grass in my backyard now. Um, I don't cut it, but maybe once a month. I, it gets up okay. high. And it has the seed pods, but I don't care. You know, I'm out here in Longwood, and uh, everybody's got lots of space between their houses, so um, I, I don't worry about it so much. But if you're if you're in an urban situation, you know, you're probably mm-hmm. going to have to cut your your Bahia lawn um, every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Every two to three. Yeah. In St. Augustine, you're going to have to you're going to have to cut that at least two weeks. Now, mm-hmm. I should tell your listeners, too, and you, that there is a new type of St. Augustine grass. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. I wanted now, to ask you about that again. We're, we're um, you know, we're accustomed to growing um, several different kinds that are sort of the steadfast uh, varieties for Central Florida. But there's a new variety, and it's been in the market now for about two years, and it has really taken the uh, sod industry by storm because it's a dwarf St. Augustine grass. Now, what that means to you is that you don't have to cut the St. Augustine grass, but about every three or four weeks. Oh, nice. So it's, it stays low, but when it does grow, it grows very slowly, and you can probably get by cutting it, with a with a lawnmower every three weeks or maybe even every four weeks. The other thing is that it's genetically greener than any of the grass available on the market. So if if you don't fertilize your St. Augustine, it has the sort of green, a certain kind of a light green color. Mm-hmm. The wonderful thing about Pro Vista is the name of it. The wonderful thing about ProVista is that it's genetically greener without the use of chemicals, without the use of iron applications, without the use of fertilizer. When they, when they hybridize, it's not GMO. You don't have to worry about that. But when, you, okay. when, they, when they created this stuff, they made it so it's going to be dark green all the time, regardless of whether you fertilize it or not. Okay. Cool. And and lastly, and this is the important thing, you know, you want a nice dark green St. Augustine lawn that you don't have to mow. So we've got two so far. Well, the third thing that we all want is weed control. Yes. So you have a St. Augustine grass, but then you're getting crabgrass coming in there. You're getting... uh, uh, some what we call Florida snow that comes in there and your yard starts looking a little ratty because you don't want to put a, an, a, a herbicide on your St. Augustine grass. And sometimes you just have to do that or you have someone come in and do that for you, all right? 
Okay. Vista. So it's dwarf. It's dark green, but it's also Roundup proof. So um, oh. when you spray a Roundup to kill the weeds and the cracks of your driveway or sidewalk, or mm-hmm. you spray Roundup underneath your shrubs or your trees, um, you know, it kills those weeds. <clears throat> ProVista allows you to spray Roundup on the grass, okay? So it's, oh, wow. genetically, it's genetically immune, if you will, to uh-huh. St. Augustine. So you can spray Roundup, just regular Roundup, you can get it at the store, and spray it on ProVista turf and kill the weeds. It doesn't harm the uh, ProVista turf. Oh, now, is perfect. that cool or what? <laughs> yes, it so is. So it's like perfect grass all of a sudden. Now, wow. that's something you're going to have to you're going to have to take your existing lawn out, and then you're going to uh-huh. have to buy ProVista on pallets, and you're going to have to place it uh, on you know where your turf used to be. It's a lot of work, and it's going to be a little expensive up front. I was going to say, sounds a little pricey. It's the uh, yeah. It's going to be more expensive than, you know, the typical St. Augustine. But you don't have to mow it but every four weeks. You don't have to fertilize it to make it green because it's already green. And if it mm-hmm. gets weeds, you just spray it with Roundup. And okay. it kill the weeds and the, and the grasses. That's the important thing. It kills broadleaf weeds and grass-like weeds in your St. Augustine and doesn't harm your St. Augustine grass. So it's like the perfect, perfect plant for Central Florida. It's wonderful. Oh, my. Sounds like it. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like it. I, I'm I'm a big, to, I am a big fan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to delve into that more because I really need to kind of figure out what the budget is going to be to do something like that. But that sounds perfect. It's going so. to be high, you know, because mm-hmm. you have to have a company come in. They will come in. And spray your yard with Roundup and kill all the grass mm-hmm. and any weeds that are in it. They'll come back a second time and kill any weeds that they didn't get the first time. Then yeah. they'll have a crew of people that will come in, and they have a machine that undercuts your turf. It cuts the uh, the turf off just um, just right at the uh, the root line. So... It, it actually cuts it in little sheets like, like carpet. And they'll, they'll uh-huh. rake that up and they'll throw that out. And then they'll prepare the soil, make it nice and level. They'll fertilize it. And then they'll have a team of people come in and they will um, throw down uh, the, the turf and you're done. So now you don't have to fertilize. Um, you don't have to cut it but every four weeks. And if by chance you get a weed, you can spray it with Roundup and it's not going to hurt anything. So, yeah, it's going to be high. The initial cost is going to be pretty high. But, uh, boy, does it save you a lot of work. And it looks like a beautiful green carpet out there. It is uh, it is absolutely gorgeous stuff. Depends on how much money you have in the bank. Oh, goodness, I should have won that Powerball. Oh, well. I we'll know. Figure it out. I know. <laughs> yep. 
We're here with Robert Bowden. It's Friday in the Garden, and we're going to take a quick break. This is Dee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the argument. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Power Hour. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I'm your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy Friday. Hope you have great plans for the weekend. And I am your host, G. We're here with Robert Bowden. It's Friday in the Garden. And um, we spend a lot of time talking about lawns, but, you know, lawns are kind of what sell Florida when people come down here and they're looking like, oh, it's so pretty down here, so nice and green, you know, so we got to figure out a way to keep it that way. So, you know, our our visitors, you know, we don't let them down. So, but anyway, so Robert, we, we thanks for, for indulging me on the lesson about the lawns and everything, because I think it really it did kind of um, help a lot of people, uh, you know, who are ha- having the different challenges uh, trying to keep the grass up around this time of year. So um, what are we doing in the actual garden, though, right about now? What are we planting and what are we uh, harvesting? Well, um, in the landscape, in your yard, um, mm-hmm. you should um, make sure that your plants are uh, getting adequate water. Um, and there's probably a plant in your landscape that uh, wilts or you know shows signs of stress before any other plant does. And we call that our indicator plant. So um, I have a plant that's in my one of my beds. And sure enough, when uh, it doesn't get enough rain or doesn't get enough water from my irrigation, it wilts. And that's my sign that I've got to go out and put some additional water down. Um, So um, you need to make sure that your plants are hydrated because when plants get stressed, um, that's when they get bugs and they get diseases. So you've got to make sure that you stay on top of the water. doesn't hurt to fertilize this time of year. Just make sure that you use the right kind of fertilizer, like a 15015 that you can get at the hardware store, and it works really well. You want to plant, you want to feed your plants about every other month. Now that includes your turf and your shrubs and trees. So every other month, uh, you want to give them a little, just a little bit. You don't have to give them a lot. You know, plants are just like people. They don't like uh, one big meal 
a day and then starve the rest of the day. They, they're like us. We like to snack a little bit here and there. So uh, instead of feeding them once or twice a year with a lot of fertilizer, you just uh, grab a bag of fertilizer, throw it in a bucket, and uh, scatter some fertilizer under your under your shrubs and around your trees, especially your fruit trees. Uh, we don't think about um, our plums and our nectarines and our figs and our persimmons. You know, they all need uh, fertilizer because they produce a lot of fruit, and it takes energy to uh, to produce that fruit. So you're going to be uh, you're going to be putting down some fertilizer to keep them uh, growing and make sure they're hydrated as well. Uh, in the vegetable garden, um, there's not much going on. I'm just going to tell you flat out, it's just awfully, awfully hot. So you could still be growing peppers right now. Uh, you could be uh, planting um, okra. You could be planting black-eyed peas. You could be planting sweet potatoes right now, and uh, those all will do really, really well this time of year. Um, I still have some uh, I harvested uh, cantaloupes this morning in my garden that I planted about two, two and a half months ago, so that's going to be nice for dinner tonight. I'm going to get an ice-cold, uh, fresh um, cantaloupe for my garden uh, for uh, for dessert tonight. That's going to be wonderful. Uh, but quite honestly, there's not a whole heck of a lot more um, that'll grow this time of year. Now, if you're from um, South America or the islands, there's different things that you could be growing. You can be growing cassava, and you can be growing chayote. You could be growing ido, which is uh, roots of uh, um, elephant ears. That you can you can actually go to a fancy um, produce store like we have up in Longwood on 1792 and uh, and buy the root um, and plant that in the ground and in a year or two you can be harvesting those to, to in your garden so um, not a lot growing in the garden this time of year uh, you could be solarizing actually if you're interested in that uh, everyone knows that um, Nematodes are small, microscopic little uh, worms that um, are parasitic on plants. What they do, they're in the soil, and there's thousands and thousands of these uh, in a cubic foot of soil. And they have a little piercing mouth part, and they pierce the roots underground, and they suck the nutrients in the water uh, from the roots before the plant has a chance to use it. And over time, what happens, eventually the plant dies. And uh, it used to be we had chemicals that we could kill them with, but they're not available anymore because they were harmful to the people that were uh, creating them in the factories. So they stopped making it, and now you have to come up with different ways of suppressing the numbers of those nematodes in the soil. And the most popular way is a process called solarizing. What we do is we'll take a section of our vegetable garden that we don't plant on planting with anything this summer, and we will um, we'll take anything that's out there off. So if there's weeds or there's plants 
We'll take them out. So you have bare ground. You're going to put a little bit of fertilizer on there. You're going to turn the soil over with a rototiller or, or a shovel. And you can do this in raised beds, too. It doesn't have to just be in the ground. Raised beds, you can do it as well. And so we make it nice and fluffy. And then you cover all of that area with a piece of one a solid single piece of clear plastic. Now, what that does, it raises the temperature underneath the plastic. Now, it would, you would say it would be black plastic that would be hotter, but in fact, the clear plastic is hotter because of the infrared light rays. They bounce back and forth under the plastic. It gets really hot under there. It gets up to 140 degrees. But this is the important thing. On the edges, so let's say hypothetically you have a garden that is 10 feet wide and 20 feet long. You would dig all around that edge of that garden. You're going to be digging a small trench, let's say three or four inches deep. And you're going to be putting the dirt on the out on the outside of that trench. Then you're going to lay the plastic over the top, and then you're going to backfill the um, the edge of that plastic. Um, so what you get is the dirt is on top of the plastic in the ditch. And what you have then is a perfectly sealed all the way around that garden, perfectly sealed. It's, it's like uh, an oven door. You know, if you keep that oven door closed, it's going to get pretty hot on, in that oven. And the same thing, you, you take that plastic and you put it down. You can't just throw sandbag here or there. It's got to be sealed perfectly all around the outside to contain that heat. And the longer you keep it on, the better it's going to work to suppress nematodes. It does not kill the nematodes. It just forces them deep into the ground so they try to get away from the heat. And if you leave it on there for a month or two, preferably two months, three months is even better, it's okay. Because you're really not going to be planting anything in there until – October anyway at this point. So make sure it's sealed. And then uh, not only does it keep the nematodes, it forces them deep into the ground so it takes them longer to come back, but it also kills weed seeds. So there's thousands, tens of thousands of seeds in the soil that you can't see. And as soon as they get a little bit of water, and, you know, you're going to be using a shovel or a rototiller, and you're going to be bringing these dormant seeds up to the top, and you water them and fertilize, and they're just going to take off. And you, so what, what the heat does, it kills the weed seeds. It also kills pathogens. It kills a variety of viruses, bacteria that are harmful to vegetables as well. So if you go online, you can read how to do the solarization, like I described it just now. And um, it's amazing how productive your garden becomes when it doesn't have to compete with nematodes and pathogens and, um, and weeds and weed seeds. It's an amazing thing. And so if you don't have um, – if you're not planting anything in the garden, why not go ahead and solarize 
and uh, keep all those bad things down to a minimum. So that would be a good thing to be doing right now. Sounds like a good Saturday morning project for sure. (laughs) Definitely. And it works. It really works well. It's important to remember that you have to seal it completely. You can't. And as the season goes along, you know, an edge may flip up and allow some mm-hmm. hot air to get out. you got to put dirt mm-hmm. on top of it. It's got to it's remain sealed. But you will be amazed how efficient it is, how well it works without using any dangerous chemicals. It's a, it's a great way to uh, garden organically. Good, and I like that. That's the main part that I like about that is that it doesn't require a lot of um, harsh chemicals. So thanks for that tip. Appreciate that. You bet. So going to take our final break. We are here with Robert Bowden. It is Friday in the garden, and hopefully you're getting some of this uh, information and going to work with it this weekend or sometime soon, but just – Try to stay cool, get up early and do it. So this is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Tim Garris, and I think I found a way to help you understand what is Chill Out Jazz. Some of y'all may think of This is Douglas Dobbs, owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are celebrating Friday in the Garden with Robert Bowden. And, uh, you know, if you have questions, just save them up uh, for next month or hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page so I can pass those questions along. But we are just um, putting some information on on the lawns and gardens right now. And um, uh, he just talked about solarization. So uh, if you get a chance, look that up, and then maybe uh, this would be a good time to go ahead and get started on that. So by the time fall comes, your that section of your lawn and garden will be ready for the planting. So, um, Robert, now I wanted to go back to uh, something with regards to the blades and stuff like that. How often – should you sharpen a blade? I know you said in some cases you don't actually sharpen. And then also, too, I was wondering, do you? we talked about the um, the old lawnmowers that they don't have anymore. Uh, do you have a mower that you prefer or recommend? I know you said you bought a, a Deere, a John Deere, for your riding mower. What about a push mower? Well, I know I've asked um, you a lot. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm old school, and um, I'm – I don't buy a um, – I consider mowing the grass exercise. So I don't buy a self-propelled lawnmower. I actually buy the least expensive lawnmower I can find. 
So I think the last time I spent money for a lawnmower was under uh, $150. And, um, you know, I, I, because I, I, I have a riding lawnmower, I don't use it a lot, but I use it to cut the grass in the vegetable garden and in places I can't get to in my garden with, um, with my riding mower. But I also design my garden in such a way that most of the areas can be cut with the riding mower so I don't make, create more work for myself. But I think a, a, an inexpensive lawnmower, whether it's self-propelled or not, um, a rear discharge mower is good. Uh, that way you can get into tight spaces without having that bag hanging off to the side, which is a pain in the neck. But I very rarely use uh, the grass catcher because, like I said before, leaving the grass clippings on the grass actually helps the grass, um, and as it breaks down, it's nutrients for the grass. So I don't collect my grass. I do um, use my spring when all the oak leaves fall. Um, I will actually keep the grass cut low, and then I'll go over the leaves that fall from my oak trees, and I'll and I'll bag uh, I'll bag mostly the leaves. There's very little grass because it doesn't grow a lot in February. So I'll cut the grass and just leave that. And then uh, as the leaves fall, I'll collect those and use that as mulch. I'll use that in my vegetable garden, and I'll use that uh, under under my uh, shrubs and trees. So. Uh, those those bags of leaves that you see on the curb in the springtime that that people break up from their their oak trees is incredibly good mulch for uh, your garden. Whether you put it in your vegetable garden to keep weeds down, or you plant or you use it an inch or two underneath your shrubs and your trees that moderates soil temperature, it prevents evaporation and also prevents weeds from germinating. So uh, lawn, a small lawnmower with a rear uh, discharge um, is, is a good one. And like I said, I prefer not to get one self-propelled. Everyone in my family has a self-propelled lawnmower, and they complain about how difficult it is to cut the grass. Well, you're not really pushing, are you? You're just walking behind a, a machine that's doing all the work for you. So I buy the cheapest one I can. And it lasts me probably eight or nine years, and then I'll fork over uh, $200 and buy another one. So I don't go crazy buying lawnmowers. Okay, good to know. Um, And then I wanted to ask you, too, you talk about cleaning your tools. Do you use anything in particular to clean your hand tools? Well, I think the number one rule when you're using any hand tools, whether they be trowels, or hand clippers, or hedge clippers, or saw, is that you need, number one, you need to keep them clean. So, you know, because when you cut this stuff, you're going to get sap and stuff all over them. So you're going to be using a solvent of some sort, like WD-40. You spray it on it and use a cloth and uh, get all that excess sap off of there. Uh, Number two, you want to make sure that they stay sharp. So... um, you're not going to be using um, your saw too much, I wouldn't think. Um, so rarely does that need to be sharpened. But you use your pruners, your hand pruners, a lot. 
And um, there are um, tools that you can buy on the market uh, to um, sharpen your blades. But I always clean and sharpen my um, shovels and uh, pruning equipment before I put it away. Because there's nothing worse than, oh, I've got to go dig a hole. I have this new tree I got it from the from the nursery. And you go to use it, and it won't cut through the sod because it's so dull. Or you see something that needs to be pruned. Maybe a, a branch had broken, and you need to go out and, and prune that. And there's nothing worse than trying to prune that um, with a, a piece of equipment that's dull. It's not good for you because you're going to get really tired fast using dull equipment. It's not safe because if it's not sharp, you're going to be putting a lot more pressure on a, on a piece of equipment that isn't designed that way. And it's going to a, a, a sharp blade is going to make a really nice clean cut. And when you make a clean cut, it reduces the pathogens that have an opportunity to get into the plant. Um, you know, if you wiggle that pruner back and forth and you come up with, uh, you end up with a, a shredded cut, uh, you're just asking for trouble. You're asking for disease organisms to get into that plant and possibly cause damage down the road. So always make sure that my that my tools are sharp and that they're clean before I put them away. So next time I get ready to use them, um, they're nice and clean and ready to go, and I'm going to do a really good job and make the make the job a lot more enjoyable because the equipment is nice and sharp and clean. I mean, let's face it, some of these tools aren't inexpensive anymore. Uh, my folding saw, which is a, a Silky, it's S-I-L-K-Y, it's a folding saw, it's nine inches long. It's a fold-up saw, but it's very, very sharp, and I utilize uh, very little effort, very little pressure when I cut a limb down or off a, a tree or a shrub with that because it's very sharp and it has lots of sharp uh, blades uh, or, or uh, yeah, blades on it. And, um, you know, I've, I've cut down 8-inch diameter trees with a 9-inch folding saw. Uh, that's, how, that's how sharp they get. And the same thing with... Uh, Pruners, you, you just have to keep them nice and sharp, um, and they're going to make your job a lot easier when you're out there trying to work, especially in this heat. You want to do everything you can to make the job easy as possible, and by maintaining your equipment properly, you're going to do that. Okay, I have one final quick question. I'm concerned about yeah. my um, uh, my oak trees, especially the one in the front. Um, it over the years, it doesn't seem to get as thick as it used to, and uh-huh. um, it seems to also be developing, I guess, a little fungus, that greenish-white stuff on uh, the limbs and part of the trunk. Um, is uh-huh. there something I can do to treat it? Is it dying? What's going on? Yeah, the the greenish-white stuff on the branches is probably an organism uh, called lichen. L I C H E N, and it's a it's a very primitive form of fungus, 
um, and it does the tree no harm whatsoever. Um, If you have um, air plants up in your tree, uh, you know, um, they're sort of like round balls of of, um, moss up in the up in the tree, that's usually mm-hmm. a sign of poor he- poor health. So um, this is this is important. I see so many people hiring people to work on their trees who really don't know how to work on their trees. Okay, uh, you know I have people coming up to my house all the time. I'll trim your trees for ten dollars, and these people don't have a clue nor do they clean their equipment from one yard to another or from one site to another. So there are a lot of deadly diseases going around that are killing trees and palm trees right now. And you can't just hire someone who who knocks on your front door and says, you know, I'll cut your trees down for 10 bucks. You really, if, if you're worried about your tree, whether you're worried about it dying or you're worried about it falling, or you're worried about it dropping limbs on neighbors or your house or whatever, you need to hire an arborist. And you need to hire a certified arborist. That means they have gone through uh, extensive training. They have taken tests and and passed them uh, to show their competency on how to take care of trees. Uh, these people that ride around in these trucks and, you know, trim your palm tree for 10 bucks, they don't know. And they are killing a lot of palm trees in Central Florida by passing diseases from one tree, one palm tree to another. And you need to find someone that's certified as a um, certified arborist. So you're looking um someone that has a certificate that says they're certified by the International Aborical Society, or uh, IB, uh, yeah, IBS, or it's a trained, a trained individual. Because one thing you can't do, you cannot afford people to start coming into your trees and passing pathogens and bugs from one tree to another, one yard to another, uh, and kill your trees. Don't let them do it. The price may be good. But you've got to use um, international um, arborist um, certified person uh, to take care of your trees and your palm trees, okay? Otherwise, you're just asking for trouble long-term. Wow. Thank you so much, Robert. Appreciate that. Go take one of Robert's classes, please. And thanks, Robert, for taking the time out. And God willing, talk with you next month, okay? I look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Y'all have a blessed weekend. This has been G's Power Hour. I never had it so good. Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Make it all right.
God is able. God is able. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. He'll supply. He'll supply. Whatever is broken. Whatever is broken. He can fix it. No need to worry. He's alive. Whole church, he'll make it all right. Whatever the answer, he's got. 